All right, so uh, I was thinking how we'd start today's podcast, and I was kind of wondering, you know, as I was walking around today, guys, um, what what are some of your uh, your favorite donuts? What's the best donuts that you've ever had? Well, my uh, go-to has always been um, a Boston cream because I'm not a huge mm-hmm, actual, mm-hmm. I'm not a big sweet tooth. Um, and I actually don't remember the last time I had a Boston cream or a donut for that matter. But <laughs> if I had to go for one, it, it, it's been, over, it's been over like a year and a half, but if I had to choose one, it's been definitely Boston cream. Yourself, Michael, okay. yourself. Okay. Boston cream is a good choice. Um, I think for me, I mean, if I'm heading over to Tim's, I have a donut craving. I'm probably going with the old fashioned. The old, the old fashioned, fashioned. glaze? Yeah. No, no, no. The just old fashioned, no, no glaze even? Yeah, 100%, man. Wow. 100%. Yeah. Is, that, okay. is that just a bagel at that point? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Not a bad idea. I, I think it's a dog treat, and, uh, actually. Put some cottage cheese or... <laughs> Yeah, nice. I, nice. I, I like a Boston cream. I like a, a honey cruller. I think it's interesting you guys went straight for Tim Hortons, a couple of truly mm-hmm. uh, Canadian boys. There's a, a spot near my place, though, with a bit more of uh, gourmet donut options. Uh, donut Monster, if you guys ever want to get an amazing donut. They have it here in uh, Stocked Market, but I'm sure there's other locations. I don't know. They make really good donuts. So I hope there's other locations. And uh, yeah, you can probably just get it on Uber Eats or whatever too. While you're listening to this podcast, you know, and we're and when we're not sponsored or anything, but just, <laughs> just pause Uber Eats a uh, box of donuts and then uh, you know eat your way in to a 12 pack of donuts while you listen to us ramble on. I think yeah. that'd be a great idea. <laughs> oh, if you got a 12 pack yeah. of donuts from that place, yeah, that and then go straight in. for a 12k run right after yeah. this podcast. <laughs> People are, uh, people are gaining weight today, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> don't forget to drink 12 beers as well. You don't want to have oh, a, my a beer per donut. But, um, yeah, anyways, uh, that's probably enough um, senseless banter that we can get into senseless. the real intro here. Senseless. <laughs> I thought that was... Uh, I mean, I mean, not photography related. It was... Uh, it was it was uh, it was pertinent for sure and uh, enlightening, and I think we'll probably like revolutionize uh, a, a lot of the way that things are done in this country. So I'm glad we talked about that. Um, but here we go. I've got uh, an intro song for you guys, and uh, just in preparing for the podcast here, thought about a couple of songs. Was kind of asking uh, our guest here who we'll we'll reveal in a moment after the song but asking our guest for some song ideas you know we were thinking maybe going in a a more pop direction um but michael's right we're gonna we're gonna stick with the classic rock direction for now guys but basically what i did to come up with uh today's song i just googled what are the top like 10 songs ever in in the universe Mm. And this one's on there, so if you guys don't like this song, you would disagree with uh, with the internet and everybody on it. So that's more of a you problem, but I think it's a pretty good song. Here we go. Hey bros, don't be so sad. Get on the podcast and make it better. Remember that photography's an art 
much better. Okay. Okay. Some okay. Beatles. Some okay, Beatles some Beatles. Usually we get it like more, you know, jacked up, but I thought yeah, it was yeah. just a, a little bit beautiful for it you was, guys uh, today. I like the, um, it's a good cover. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think yeah. there's a few ways to uh, to play that song, but uh, I went with the capo approach because then you can just play basic chords and get through it. Uh, but anyways, uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm your photographer, uh, Jared Poirier. We've got another photographer over there, Michael Costa, and a very special guest today. You guys don't have to just look at me and Michael pasty faces on the podcast today we have a new face well i guess you won't be looking at his face if you're only listening to it but we have chris chan hello photographer hey. extraordinaire chris chan is here slightly less pasty we haven't seen this <laughs> slightly less pasty chris chan he hasn't had uh, as much sun as usual but uh, i think he's still been shooting a little bit of photos and uh and whatnot right he's got a lot of monitors i know that i can see monitors that, so. for sure yeah so <laughs> i'm assuming you've been taking some photos to fill up those monitors you probably have to take like three times as much photos just to, uh, to get them filled <laughs> you know for sure <laughs> Yeah. 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 So we appreciate you uh, being here, man. I'm sure uh, Michael Costa has a lot of uh, a lot of questions for you. Uh, our second guest ever. So we're both very excited. If we mm -hmm. screw anything up or come off as a bit nervous, then that's probably why. But uh, you know, we don't have a lot as we of. All do. Uh... <laughs> we're, supposed to, we're supposed to mess up as much as we can, just so uh, future podcasts are uh, constantly improving. Right. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. We kind of want mm -hmm. to make sure that we bomb every once in a while, just so that there is something to compare it to. So, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, what do you uh, what do you want to talk about, man? We kind of we kind of want to just make this fun for you. So what do you want to talk about today? Wow. I feel like I'm going to an amusement <laughs> park and it's designated just for me. Um, well, I think that uh, one of the things we kind of discussed at the before we started this was um, you guys were interested in. Um, I guess the whole background, and this is something mm -hmm. that's blown up in the last, I guess, four or five years of um, of uh, cosplay photography and um, the pluses and minuses of the scene, so to speak, uh, therein. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, definitely uh, an interesting topic to get into. Uh, Michael, do you have any like personal connection to cosplay or cosplay photography at all? You ever dress up like Thanos or anything like that? Uh, so, um, never dressed up as Thanos. I oh. was a big fan <laughs> of going to the fan expos though, back uh, in the, you know, prior to the, the pandemic, the, all that, the um, vid. but all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the vid. <laughs> um, but, uh, there was one year where I was like, I'm going to dress up. I'm going to do something, but I'm going to do something different. And, uh, I put on a suit and I put on a paper bag over my head cut out uh, holes and then wrote I am not famous anymore and I was Shia LaBeouf and uh, it was a big hit got a lot That's... of stops my peripherals were terrible but uh, a lot of photo ops hard, hard to shoot photos with uh, with a paper bag <laughs> well, yeah, the, best, the best is that nobody recognizes you so you can just carry on your merry <laughs> way uh, even while being a celebrity that's right that's right of course because you know if I didn't have that bag on People have stopped me right, left, and center. You know yeah, I mean? then, you, then, oh, yeah. then you have problems day to day. 
they'd be like, is oh, that yeah. Hugh? Is that Hugh Jackman? Hugh, Hugh, come over here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the um, lot. No, never. <laughs> never, never been confused for Hugh Jackman uh, in my life. So, so I do have uh, a Spider-Man costume. For those of you who don't know, I mean, you've probably if you've listened to this podcast before, you probably know by now that I'm a nerd, right? I got a Yoda around here somewhere. He's up there. Uh, I've got my Darth Vader mug that I'm sipping out of right now. So, big nerd. Uh, I've been to Comic Con or whatever, you know, those types of conventions uh, a few times. Love checking out the cosplay. One thing is that like I was struck by the dedication that people have to cosplay. They spend like oh a God, lot. Yeah, it's I'm sure you'll speak it's to so this cool. as well, Chris, but like the amount of like dedication and uh, and time and just like how much of uh, of an industry that it is, right? Like um, it's, that's yeah, that's one time. of the things about it. That's amazing. Yeah time and money and there is uh it's a ridiculous amount of dedication in order to send, and some of these crafters are absolutely incredible they're making something out of nothing essentially so you um it's quite inspirational to see well they have they have source material but it's quite inspirational to see how they can take something like source material and then turn it into something real out of nothing more than foam and some hot glue mostly yeah some latex maybe whatever yeah. you need you know foam some of them are like transformers that transform yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, people, so cool. <laughs> people go wild they go wild with it but yeah. uh yeah i'm yeah. sure i'm sure michael will have a few questions for you i want to get a couple in uh just right off the bat here as my coffee starts to hit me and i start to get amped up on the podcast but uh yeah kind of you know we've we've shared a little bit of of our personal history with cosplay i mean i don't know if michael's is technically cosplay bro like you gotta throw on a spider-man or something i don't know we'll we'll get into it that counts (laughs) okay well you're the expert you're the expert so uh i suppose it counts but uh yeah man how did you get into the whole like cosplay uh photography scene okay so it is funny that you mention uh latex uh, because I was working um, a lot of times in fashion uh, long before I started doing mm-hmm. any cosplay stuff. And um, one of my friends, Melanie, she actually makes uh, latex clothing. Um, so, you know, it's part of high fashion, part of the stuff that I was doing a lot of at the time. Uh, so I was involved a lot with like the um, the latex and the fetish scene. And so there's like a there's a there's a bit of crossover from that mm-hmm. to the people that um wore latex uh, as costumes for uh, as with superheroes because honestly mm-hmm. uh, latex is one of those things that it's kind of this very uncomfortable but but very comfortable to wear and it but it makes everybody look like a superhero mm-hmm. um so I met up with um, actually one of my friends, uh, Holly Wolf. Um, she was wearing an outfit um, that uh, Melanie made, and uh, partially at least uh, she, that Melanie made. And um, from that, I think that that's kind of where things kind of took off because um, well, I was shooting really nicely lit, you know, fashion kind of photos, um, but with cosplay involved and so everybody's everybody look everybody looked epic in these outfits Uh, latex shines really well so that's kind of how i got started into even the whole thing on that so 
Like I had all the I had all the stuff to shoot it like it was fashion, but it turned out great that it was um, that it crosses over into um, really nice lighting for cosplay photography. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, nice. Now, when... <laughs> Sorry, three person podcast. It's hard to know sometimes. My bad. <laughs> I was curious to know, uh, and obviously uh, Jerry can speak to this. It's always nice to to get an idea of you know equipment and what people are using. I know we were talking a little bit uh, before the podcast started. You were talking about how you like to use your gels for your strobes. Uh, curious to know, you know, like what, I mean, we, we already know what camera you use, but maybe just for the individuals who are coming in, what camera you use and maybe what strobes you use typically, maybe they're apertures or something. Well, um, right up until about what a month ago, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, I was using my Canon 5D Mark II. Okay. So I was okay. shooting with that for a good longer than a decade. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I've never found the need to upgrade. I've always been, mm. there's a whole bunch of features that I've always wanted in a camera. Um, and every single time that they release a new one, it didn't have any of the new stuff that, um, mm. that I thought it would warranted a new investment in the camera. So I was like, mm-hmm. if it ain't work, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, ha- that has been my workhorse for a while. Uh, my strobes I use are Alien Bees, uh, the, both the 1800s and the 1600s. Um, 1600s mainly for the background gels because when you're using gels, you have to um, flash it uh, a lot brighter than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use the 1600s usually for the backdrop and the 800s for the keys. Um, and I use a, you know pocket wizard triggers and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so interesting that you you bring up those points. Like on our last podcast, we were actually literally talking about how um, there was an article written on Petapixel, and there was this photographer, and he's a photographer primarily, similar to you. I think you said you don't do usually you do it's more photography work, correct? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. But yeah, and so similar to him in his experience, and so for him, he was like, you know, I've been shooting DSLR for so long. And, you know, it didn't like very similar. He had the same camera for a while and didn't want to switch over. Um, And, you know, it was just a lot of functionality on the photography side where it was like, okay, well, I don't see a significant jump. Obviously, on the video side, there's been quite quite some innovation. Massive. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But on the photo side. Yeah. So I totally understand uh, why you kind of stuck to it. And plus, you said the 5D Mark II, right? Yeah. Great camera. Like I had that for a while. The only reason I didn't have any more is because I dropped it downstairs. <laughs> that would be a good reason to not have that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, they haven't developed. Nobody has developed cameras that uh, can easily be dropped down the stairs just yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris had it. Had that look in his eye, like he just had a business idea. He was like, "Oh." I mean, yeah. There's something. Bubble wrap. Stairproof. Or bubble, or bubble wrap the stairs, or something. Who knows? Bubble, yeah. Bubble wrap your your camera, or bubble wrap your models. Bubble wrap yourself, maybe as well. You know. And that's a whole shoe concept. You, you want? <laughs> that's yeah. what we do here. You know, it we're is. here for we're here for organic conversation and uh, and organic ideas. Uh, one one more question I want to throw at you, Chris. I hope you don't feel like we're just you know. Uh, 
like you're in the middle of the ring and we're just like shooting arrows oh, at that was you, fine. you know i mean I could, <laughs> I could take arrows in the knee as much as the next person. okay well we'll shoot for the <laughs> we'll shoot for the knees then but uh another another question that i definitely want to get in in terms of like uh you know helping some other photographers or even helping myself and i'd love to do some uh cosplay type of photography so you know it's a very uh like attractive area of photography to get into let's just say right like a lot of people are drawn to that there's a lot of people mm -hmm. who are nerds quite frankly a lot of people want to shoot photos with sexy women <laughs> that's another another part of it right so uh you know if someone is into that like let's say that they really uh you know like the x-men or whatever they really like uh dc universe and they want to start shooting some uh cosplay photography like what would you tell them uh you know in uh, as advice like a way to kind of get into that industry or at least like start you know start to put the idea out there that you want to get into that industry well i think a big part of it is um especially starting out trying to shoot costly photography any different than you're shooting any type of portrait photography nice that's it, it's shooting it differently would be kind of like a mistake kind of just to start out because Honestly, if you can get your like the lighting and the angles right of people in general, uh, if that's the thing that you shoot, um, that's more important than trying to, you know, run before you walk, so to speak. So if you can get lighting right and you can kind of control lighting in the way that you that you want, and I think cosplay photography, a lot of it has to do with external lighting. Doing natural lighting, it it works and it's cool, but. Um, learning how to use strobes and learning how to use speed lights um, and triggers that's kind of like a good first start because mm -hmm. natural light as great as it is for most most basic portrait photography it doesn't provide that scale of like epicness and like the, the, the shadow that comic books and a lot of movies and stuff like that mm. Oh, that kind of thing that they that they portray. So if you get some time to just work in this work in the studio and learn how to use uh, uh, strobes and, or hot lights, um, that goes a long way to into helping you get uh, get by there. So that's how to start. Right. Uh, that learning those like technical things and getting the look in the photos right is is a really important first step. Right. If you're gonna be attracting talent and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, even if it's even as a hobby type of thing, it's yeah. just a good idea to start off with good, good, well lit portrait photography. Uh, and then once you kind of have that there, um, I found that. Um, to divert from uh, as a diversion from portrait photography, uh, you start introducing a lot more uh, shadows and uh, a lot more like edge lighting um, in cosplay photography over regular portrait photography. So you start playing around a lot more with that. Uh, and then, of course, um, if the cosplayer is the one that built the outfit, a lot of them they want they have you know particular poses they have in mind that they nice. usually memorize or whatever um because half the time i don't even know what kind of, what these characters are that i'm shooting i just i just <laughs> i just kind of like learn about their setting and then try to find a setting in the background that works mm -hmm. and then you know that's how you kind of progress from there but honestly a lot of people uh and you guys have mentioned that you go into went to fan expo and do uh and do all that 
there's a lot of different places to shoot around there and that works for a lot Hell of yeah. like fantasy characters and and like obviously not inside the con uh, even though there's a lot of uh, creepy photographers that you know photography alley. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get into it. Yeah. We'll get into we'll get it. Into <laughs> it. But, yeah, but there's but there's a lot of that that kind of just sit around indoors. But the thing is, is that the photos a they look manufactured because everybody has the same photo with the same backdrop and the same everything, mm. and you don't it, you don't get that depth of field. Uh, you don't get proper lighting. Like even if you do get proper lighting, it just kind of looks really manufactured and basic. So honestly, just step outside, and there's a whole bunch of places around lots of cons that you yeah. can do um, a lot of great photos in that in those areas. Nice, uh, so man. Nice. Get out, and try to do outdoors as much as you can for this kind of stuff. Crazy, I love yes. that advice. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one thing I was thinking about when I, you know, when I learned that we were going to be talking to you, um, was was location. Um, you know, I. I I guess one question I have to tie into that and, and something else you said prior to was, you know, when it comes to, you know, shooting with somebody and, and they have their, you know, their concept uh, or their, their, uh, their outfit, how much, you know, how much does their, um, their character play into location and what kinds of things are you keeping in mind when you're scouting for that? So, yeah, the, once you start getting into like pro, uh, so to speak, cosplay photography, Location is a big part of it. Um, now, obviously, it depends somewhat on what you're shooting for. Some people are shooting, mm -hmm. like, you know, content to sell to people. Uh, some people right. are shooting epic photos for, like, to be shoot shot at cons. So mm -hmm. what they're kind of, like, looking for is kind of either dictate if your scouting is going to be difficult or it's going to be really, really easy. Uh, some people are just simple. They just want indoors clean lighting and they just want it shot on a bed or a couch or whatever uh but mm -hmm. then outdoor location scouting to for epic photos i think it's really important um because it kind of ties everything together it's either you're really 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 good at compositing or um you you just find a great location that that suits the character that uh that you're shooting mm -hmm. i think it's it, it's it honestly t more than more so than the shoot and the build of the uh the build of the costume location scouting is uh takes up the most time yeah i can imagine that being also a bit more fun though than than uh location scouting for maybe some other kinds of gigs because it's almost like you get to use your imagination a bit you know if you're shooting someone who's dressed as zelda then it's like cool i need to find a really wide open <laughs> landscape or like if i'm shooting cyberpunk maybe it's like a railroad track or yeah. or uh you know something really techy if it's something like you know something futuristic but i can see that being actually a lot of fun at the same time while also being potentially a lot more work as well <laughs> yeah so like you know a lot of these uh these comics they deal with like dystopic societies and stuff like that so you're trying to find mm -hmm. locations that kind of do that they're a lot more interesting than going to shoot you know basic bitch regular photos right right somewhere right. in a parks you know so you have a lot more variety in in things that you're looking for and, but the payoff actually is huge because these things aren't used in portrait photography very often they're used um they're, mm -hmm. you're, they're, they're imagination settings that are brought to real life right i've got a spot i should share uh with you uh near, near our place actually chris the the creepy bridge here 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to give away our spot. Everyone's gonna get down there. But there's a creepy, nice creepy bridge. Really cool uh, graffiti and stuff down there. So yeah, maybe, I have. You know. I have traditionally shot down there a lot, but oh. then I. <laughs> but he but knows. I've uh, I've gotten into a few bum fights there okay. so oh, <laughs> oh yeah well, yeah. i mean that might be for another podcast but like yeah, yeah. we'll have to we'll have to have you back and, yeah. and talk about uh some some of the other difficulties uh that photographers face <laughs> so uh as we're talking about uh some of the difficulties faced by photographers uh here's one that we're going to definitely need to touch on we mentioned it a little bit earlier but uh you know mm-hmm. when you're in photographer's alley down there you're looking at your cosplay you know there's there's some girls out there and some pretty uh revealing outfits sometimes but you know what they're they're doing it for them they're doing it to be the be the character uh they're not doing it there to be creeped on uh which is kind of a a bit of an issue uh in this space so let's talk to that a little bit chris like what what's been uh maybe some some personal experiences that you've had in that kind of direction or just even like general uh general things that you've heard about in the industry yeah i mean this kind of is one thing that definitely travels through the entire industry so if you ever just look up you know and film as well yeah film like any any type of industry that involves you know i guess subjecting people because that's kind of what it is you're putting people Mm -hmm. as a subject um there is always people that come in i guess from kind of a illusion uh, of a position of power when you're holding a camera Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day you know a lot of cosplayers are pretty poor so they or they have like anxiety or depression or whatever so they turn to this craft in order to help them get over and through stuff um it it gets them out of the shell it lets them be creative or it lets them make money um so at the end of the day in order for people to kind of get that boost of self-confidence or get the word out of the of uh the thing that they've made that they're very proud of they need photos of it so a lot of photographers kind of hold that as a position of power to say hey you i have something that you need now you got to work with me or something and you know Mm -hmm. how easy it you know how easy it is nowadays to get a camera like even like 10 years ago when uh, when like prosumer cameras were just starting to get take uh like become popular anybody and their mom or their dad or grandpa can go pick up a camera and just say that hey this is what i you know this is what i'm doing now this is a great way to make to meet a hot woman or whatever right <laughs> so i mean it is a way but i mean it's not the, i think that what has happened a lot um especially in the last you know 10 years is that a lot of people uh started taking this as um a really creepy way to um take advantage of people um so and you'll see this a lot especially at like fan expo and other conventions is that you know you'll have essentially a lot of people that are kind of there for the wrong reasons um Mm. Like it's not to say that their, their photos are good or bad. Um, that's completely subjective. Uh, but they they're going in it. They're going about it, um, meeting people, and then they're just being really creepy towards them. Um, and a lot of a lot of these women, they just 
they they kind of take it and they just dismiss it or they just brush it aside as opposed to you know i wish more people would speak up more about it and that way people you know can be more aware and know what's the difference between you know good consent and bad consent which is why i mean even you look at fan expo nowadays you have all these signs everywhere you know cosplay is not consent you know just because you're wearing something you know revealing and looks great um and it's you know a comic book accurate or film accurate you know you know how ridiculous um people draw these characters but you know they want to do something that they're proud of um and it's not an invitation for you know these people that are to be creeps essentially so that's kind of like the long and short of it but i mean this mm-hmm. extends to any type of photography all you have to do is look up like hell toronto photographer arrested for x right (laughs) (laughs) like just honestly just honestly just google that and you'll find you know dozens of examples there's a i know there's a blacklist for for photographers in toronto yeah actually yeah yeah i mean the this uh, the good thing about a blacklist is that it helps people that are in the group uh, the people that aren't in the group or don't know about it or people like if somebody wants to be a creeper and find new models to shoot with, it is very easy to do that. Uh, and they're not on the list. They, so they don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're not looking this up and they don't ha- it doesn't happen. They don't start looking stuff up or maybe if they even start looking stuff up until, uh, you know, a bad experience is ha- a bad experience happens to them. So Sometimes it's too little, too late. I think for yeah. a blacklist, you'd, you'd you'd think that just like the existence of the internet sometimes would you know solve some of these problems, and it, and it does, right? It does help to bring these issues to light. You know, like social media is a is a way of kind of exposing that stuff. But yeah, it's unfortunate that it still goes on in uh, in so many creative industries. As you're talking about that stuff too, about it just kind of being like sh- like you know not directly addressed and just sort of shoved aside remind me of a lot of like my experience in the restaurant industry and stuff like that mm-hmm. too kind of a, a similar things uh can happen there um but you know just just so we're not depressing everybody so much from the podcast and uh <laughs> talking no, about you. problems no. um think, what what do you yeah. think are some ways that like this can be solved though like what are some ways to address this problem uh i think awareness is a big part of it yeah. um having people like honestly, a big problem is that the internet's so big and it's so vast. Yeah. Uh, the good thing yeah. is is that the more like there are some really top tier cosplayers, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of these younger cosplayers. Like, this is just this is just specifically looking at cosplayers. A lot of these uh, you know smaller time cosplayers that you know are kind of doing as a hobby or trying to make a career out of it. Uh, they're looking up to a lot of these top tier so they speak cosplayers that have it that mm-hmm. are making you know a good money doing this um i think that having people that are that are kind of respected and idolized a little bit they if they have that message out there to teach people what the red flags are yeah to um share the right post like i just shared a post uh recently on my facebook about you know how you know models are just uh, abused and that's it's not up to 
you know, it, they're not there for the reasons that uh, these photographers are there for. You can share podcast episodes. Can, you can that share podcast episodes. Of these issues. That. Yeah. So I think that <laughs> I think that people, the more that people share about it, the more that people know about it, um, you mm -hmm. end up getting an environment where you kind of have herd immunity around this stuff. So more, you know, for the most part, people know who to cancel so to speak if to quote cancel culture or just who to avoid you know yeah who, who to avoid who, or who to put out the word that yeah. uh you know maybe steer clear of this guy yeah. I, you, we don't want to be sending uh witch hunts after people but i also think that you know if uh photographers are well known and there's very uh you know very reputable accusations against them by like a lot of people then, then yeah. yeah it's definitely yeah. time to to talk about it so yeah and it's, it's not yeah. even like going to blacklist like blacklist is just a very minuscule amount of uh the, the problem photographers that are out there i think yeah. that the awareness of you know the patterns and the red flags to look for um and having those up front and seeing that and having everybody kind of armed with that knowledge um, people know how to abort out of shoots uh, before it becomes a problem sooner this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't uh, work within the, the cosplay space, but obviously shooting uh, with models, been, been connected with uh, some people over the last uh, four or five years. And just, you know, I think people have been a bit better about, uh, you know, sharing on their socials, kind of like you're saying, like whether it's an Instagram story or whatever, saying watch out for this individual, you know, there's, you know, whether it was direct harassment or just feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, I think you're dead on the money. I think it's just, if you have an experience, share it. And then if you're friends with these people, try to share it around, spread that message. Um, but you know, one question I had for you that's sort of uh, tied back to this stuff is, you know, when you, you know, when you're now having a one-on-one -on -one shoot with somebody, and maybe this is a tip for someone who's trying to get into this space. And I think this is going to be a great, uh, podcast and resource for people that are getting started in cause uh, shooting cosplay. Um, you know, what are some things that you think people should keep in mind as they transition into shooting this kind of stuff to try and remain professional things that you shouldn't do, shouldn't do, uh, should do, um, to, you know, make that model feel comfortable, but also, um, you know, just to, you know, not overstep or, or make a, you know, a wrong move. Well, I mean, things that I've heard a lot of, uh, and these are from my friends that tell me about some of the experiences. A lot of it's, you know, just it starts off with creepy comments, right? right. Like everybody kind of knows what a creepy comment is. Um, start like if you're working on addressing lighting, uh, getting things professional, uh, like, like looking great on camera. Worry about that. And that should be your like your main focus. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. what you're shooting, even like model photography, even if you're shooting like boudoir or you know other adult mm -hmm. material like your focus as a photographer should always be about getting the, the the product getting the lighting right in your photos or your video um mm -hmm. obviously don't touch people like don't touch people that consent <laughs> just like normal you know everyday etiquette that you should have is definitely in place so if like you have to move something because they're holding a pose or whatever ask permission it's very simple yeah. yes. it's not yeah it's not that's not it's not much and this goes for you know guys and girls you know don't just start mm -hmm. you know slapping guys asses either it's <laughs> there's right right yeah. so there's a lot of like you know there's a lot about uh, standard 
consent that goes into taking photos and i think that that's that's a good first step for people um just worry about your lighting get it get it get the product get the shot yeah don't don't try to you know think how i'm gonna hook up with this person later that's kind of right yeah yeah it sounds it honestly it sounds pretty much what i'm hearing is you know treat it like like a portrait session just like a normal yeah. portrait session it's yeah. not you know whether they're wearing a turtleneck sweater or or like a revealing pikachu outfit or, or yeah. whatever it is like it's, <laughs> it's you know it's ask like the asking permission thing is is like it's very it's very important like often there'll be something in their hair especially if you're shooting outside something gets in the hair or whatever asking permission to remove it from their hair or, or whatever you know sometimes you'll ask yeah. them to do it first and then they'll they can't find yeah, it whatever if they miss but, it yeah whatever yeah um, but yeah, yeah, I think I totally understand what you're saying. And I think it's, it really is, you know, if you are someone who's transitioning, um, you know, from doing, uh, you know, more of a, a, you know, traditional portrait set to doing this kind of stuff, it really is from the sounds of it, just the same kind of set of rules. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, touch on something that you had mentioned earlier as well. Like uh, in regard to, I thought it was really interesting, really, uh, thought provoking, like who has the power in these scenarios, right? Like when you have the, the model, the cosplayer, and then on the other side, you have the photographer. And it was really interesting to me, like how you were saying there's so many people who get taken advantage of because of that, like power dynamic of like the photographer having more power. And it just sounded like funny to me. Cause I'm thinking from somebody who's like, maybe if you're a photographer that wants to get into it, like obviously it's like the model, the cosplayer that has the power. Right. So yeah. that, that is maybe something that we really need to drive home. Right. And maybe something that is going to go, uh, a long way to maybe solving this problem is just like pointing out to to those models like and it happens in so many different industries where like the actual you know the actual artist or the actual subject just gets taken advantage of but like truly I mean they do have the power in that scenario right or am I looking at this the wrong way well I mean it's a little bit of give and take uh so mm -hmm. both of both of you are artists in the scenario yeah right yeah both of you are the creator or you're doing something but uh, like Especially when you're shooting newer cosplayers uh, or people that are just shooting their Halloween outfit, right? Inexperienced, want, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a lot of inexperience of people. There's a glut of people that just don't know what it's like to be in front of a camera or how to pose or really right. do anything, right? If they get experience, they might get better at it. But for a large period of time, it takes a lot for you to kind of know your own body, what look, what you like, and what you what looks good. So mm -hmm. at that point. It is really kind of up to the photographer to help deliver a session that that gets good results. So it's going to require a lot of direction, a lot of stuff. So the like the pie dynamic is there. Not to mention that the the photographer, unless you know otherwise spoken for, owns the copyright for all these photos. Right? Mm. That's just Canadian law. So there is a bit of a power dynamic there. You can't, there's nothing that you can say that is like that it doesn't exist. Um, but generally speaking, it, both parties have to be artists working together, collabing yeah. on the, the product, not trying to, you know, it's not no extracurricular curricular stuff. That's, that's kind of the long and the short of it. You know, it's, it's a collaboration. For sure. For sure. And if models are, you know, able to 
have access to the, this information, they kind of find out like, oh, this isn't normal, right? Like once they, and especially once they get a little bit more experience, they start to shoot with some more professional photographers. That's when the idea comes that like, oh, you know, th this th is what a session is supposed where, to be yeah, like. Yeah. It's supposed to be like this yeah. professional thing where like you were saying, it's just like shooting anything else. It's just like a professional portrait shoot or a professional lifestyle or fashion shoot, you know, it's yeah. the same approach. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I guess like, really uh you know i'm trying trying to be as positive as possible of course. no no, <laughs> no, no we're I not going to solve it on the podcast today um no. but uh yeah some of the things that might help and just more uh more reputable professional photographers uh getting into that space i think is something that that'll help as well right absolutely yeah so i think the more and it's becoming very very mainstream now especially during the pandemic People need to be creative. People need to do stuff. Uh, people are making money on OnlyFans. People are making money, um, like selling prints and doing stuff online. Patreon, uh, people, Patreon, podcasts. So, yeah, podcasts. <laughs> There's a lot of different ways in order to kind of monetize good hard work that you put into outfits, uh, shooting photos. And I think that the more ways that um, people are tapping into it, and the more people that um, know how to create really good professional content the more awareness that you got to get of you know how to, everybody should be able to improve their photos from looking at somebody out there that's creating absolutely fantastic images and getting inspired and doing something honestly for the art of it now you're not gonna be able to solve people that just don't have the eye for it like you know how like there's a lot of people that go through photos you know when you're doing your photo selection and they're just they're focused on the wrong thing they don't really know how to that's like what, that's why pick. i just don't show them the raws man i just yeah. don't show it to them <laughs> well, i mean i i for a lot of the people that i work with i do right so yeah. i do show them you the have raws. to they, sometimes they, yeah. yeah because it it is their outfit so yeah. like i just make it as a policy because it's a collaborative effort i want to make sure they're as happy as uh, as as they are with a photo like they want to make sure that the face or their costume is mm -hmm, illustrated mm -hmm. right and they're going to see problems with their outfit that i'm not going to know i'm like i don't know what this character yeah. has what color belt you know and it's not supposed yeah. to show xyz so they have to be happy with it so and i think that that's honestly i mean you brought up a good point is that a lot of people don't uh, involve especially if you're you know doing trade work a lot of people don't involve the model in a part of the selection process and I think that um, there it's important you know it's important for the photographer to do the culling obviously the stuff that they're not proud of but once that's that's in place I think it's not a bad idea for more people to start involving the model um, or the cosplayer or the costume maker uh, as a part of the decision-making process so that everybody's happy with the products that you get out of it. Yeah, I for sure do for the most part. I was mostly joking. <laughs> mostly joking. No, I mean, yeah. Well, some people just don't know. Some people just say, hey, just pick whatever you're happy with. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I, yeah. I, I definitely limit the selection. Let's say that. Oh, yeah, for that. sure. Yeah, I mean, if I take, if I do like a 300 photo session, I'm not sending yeah. those 300 photos. Yeah. Like, they get like 40, right, to take a look at and call from. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one thing that's been really interesting, I think we've done a really good job of, like, drawing those parallels between, you know, the similarities between, you know, normal portrait photography and cosplay. But we also have have been able to highlight a couple of things, you know, more attention to location scouting, uh, maybe a, a bit more uh, revealing 
you know, the photos that are coming through, like you said, they're, they're more of that knowledge expert for sure, yeah. for sure. But when it's something that's very specific and tailored to a character, they might have more of an insight towards what something should look like or whatever. And so, yeah. you know, and, and I'm sure there are so many other elements of it, which make it a bit more complicated or just at least different. And so one thing I was curious to know, especially when we're talking about, you know, maybe a bit more work going into location scouting and things like that, you know, transitioning or not necessarily transitioning because I know you still shoot fashion and some other things as well. What has have like the, the, has the alteration in, in like that process adjusted the pricing structure at all, or is it mm. similar or how does it, how, what kind of things come into mind when you're, when you're pricing a, a cosplay shoot? Um, so often it's about, uh, some of it's definitely about licensing. So how much mm -hmm. is going to get used? Um, usually if you're doing, if you're building, uh, making a product that's going to be, that's going to get resold essentially, which a lot of these mm -hmm. are, um, you end up with, um, you know, setting pricing so that knowing that, you know, there's a rough expected amount of income that's mm -hmm. going to come from these photos and mm -hmm. because of the work and and knowledge um that you bring to the table uh you ha kind of have to price it um knowing how how much money that this will generate and that's that is why like you know even you can set different prices for different people uh depending on you know how widespread that th those photos will be used right because right licensing obviously is a is a big thing and Honestly, like giving the the cosplayer the model access to do their own prints and stuff like that, that becomes you know it it, it can get you know pretty lucrative for people, um, mm -hmm. including the photographer. So I think everybody can kind of win on that. Um, in terms of the amount of effort that goes into a shoot, um, some of them are really simple. Some of them are can be can get really complicated. So if you're doing location scouting, you have to get, you know, licenses and, um, and permits for certain areas. You know, there's things that definitely, uh, start getting expensive. Plus, you know, looking around a lot of equipment, like regular, uh, outdoor portrait photography, you don't need lots of equipment sometimes like you're not, mm -hmm. but like, if you're trying to make something look really epic, you're always going to be dragging around batteries, uh, lighting, um, uh, 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 strobes and gels and stuff like that in order to give yeah. it that extra world out of world you know effect and that's yeah, why chris has been training we check out those guns right like those are, those are gear, <laughs> yeah. gear carrying all guns. my all my covid nice. guns yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean i think that's another element to it as well i mean you talked to it earlier in the show is just that um you know you can use natural lighting and that's okay but typically when you get to a certain level of professionalism um, you, you want to like, I guess in order to channel that visual effect that you want to get across, um, you do have to use a lot of strobe. And so there's, I guess one of the questions I have tied back to that pricing structure is, um, you know, a podcast we had recently was around, you know, being able to like almost modular modularize in like package stuff, mm -hmm. uh, pricing. So is it pretty much almost always a bit more custom, uh, quoting when it, when you're in this kind of space? I find so. Um, like sometimes it's just safer to do hourly, including your editing time, mm -hmm. right? Because honestly, some editing time is gonna take a long time, and sometimes you go into the shoot and you don't even know what the heck you're shooting. Uh, you just <laughs> work on getting getting locations going really quickly, and then you just do some, or you have something in mind. You have a you know ten locations in and around the area that you know that are good for this anime or this 
type of thing mm-hmm. and can kind of use that uh, to to your advantage. So the scouting can be easy, but it's just a matter of you know, there's sometimes there's a lot of time involved, and that's yeah. you know, hourly is hourly is a safe kind of bet way to go. But you can also modularize. I mean, like you know, like wedding packages, you just package it together. Right. It's like, what do you guys want? So right, um, yeah. Pricing is always a challenging one, and also you have to figure yeah. out, you know, especially with a lot of cosplayers, a lot of them are really poor. So I mean, yeah. you don't have money for that kind of stuff. You <laughs> we, gotta figure out what you know. We just recorded an hour-long podcast about pricing, and then at the end of it, I was like, I don't think I know how to price stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, by far the safest bet, and this goes for anything, like pretty much anything that that I, that I do. If you don't know. And it's just yeah. kind of going into it as a black box. Just say, this is my, in my head, what my hourly rate is. Yeah. Multiply by that by the expectation of the number of hours that this is going to take. And then mm-hmm. that's your price. Yeah, it's pretty fair. It's pretty fair. Uh, we've kind of got a long podcast going here, guys, which I really appreciate. It's been uh, super fun. I definitely have mm-hmm. one more question I want to get to. Uh, wouldn't be able to sleep. Uh, if I didn't get this question. So we'll definitely need to get to it. Yeah, so the last question I want to get in here and then uh, we'll all get out of here and enjoy our our rest of our Sunday. I've got a, I've got a beer to drink when this episode's over. So donuts, give you, maybe some donuts. Got some too. donuts, to, twelve donuts yeah. and twelve beers uh, that to have. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully then, he's not dunking uh, them in the beer. You know what I mean? I mean, like you're kind of dunking them in your stomach. Well, what I was thinking That's is true. I would <laughs> run a bath of beers, right? And then I can sit oh, no. in there with my donuts. Can you imagine Just... sm- the smell of beer? While, oh, like, man. While you Everyone donuts? would think you're an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe they already do. Oh, man. Anyways, everyone's, yeah, had, no, everyone's had their own struggles during COVID, my friends. Um, yeah. But uh, anyways, before we uh, get out of here and I can run my beer bath, uh, it's a real thing. I'm not making it up, but uh, whatever. You guys should try it, and uh, it will make you a better photographer. Uh, and yeah, all of that stuff. But I was I was wondering, Chris, this has been uh, really great having you here. Uh, very thought-provoking for me, and uh, I'll definitely be mm-hmm. reflecting on a lot of the stuff that we talked about. Um, very interesting uh, to hear your backstory, your career, uh, how you got into cosplay photography in the first place. But I'm wondering, and I'm sure the uh, the viewers, the listeners, the Michael Costas, the Megans out there are wondering, what's next for Chris Chan? What's your uh, what's your ambitious uh, ambitions, especially once uh, you know you're able to meet people in person more again and and get out shooting? Do you have any uh, anything planned right now? Uh, well, I've only been recently. Well, I mean, I have done it before. Um, but I've been wanting to get more into set photography, so stills cool. for movies and stuff like that. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of that here and there. Uh, I've done it. It's uh, it's super fun. It's super it's fun. fun. I think it's uh, it, it, there's long days. Uh, but <laughs> but and craft a lot services, of, like, craft oh, services. Yeah, a lot of hurry up and waiting. Um, as typical, like as on set. But I think that having people do really good like really good director of photography there that really yeah. lights light scenes really well mm. uh, for film it makes it really easy for you to capture interesting and different moods wow. uh, from available from available light which is artificial light but available light that's there because i'm not 
scrimming up like an eight foot light anytime soon but these guys are for films right and <laughs> they got right. guys for that yeah yeah and you can make like any time of day look like daylight and then you can control that daylight and the temperature yeah. of everything and like oh, the yeah. amount of epic type scenes that you can get from uh from hot lights uh at on set are absolutely amazing so i'm excited to do more of that um i just recently put together um a hardcover book with uh all a whole bunch of like the portraits that I took from 2010 to 2020. There is a cosplay section in there as well as you know other sections that have done. So there's that. Uh, and I yeah, just I mean I haven't been shooting a lot since in the pandemic, obviously because of pandemic. So I've only had like my little bubble of people that I kind of hang out with. But um, yeah, if, once this is kind of over, whenever it is, I think that I do uh, getting out and picking up the camera and doing some creative stuff is going to be interesting. Uh, and it's gonna be more fun. Um, I, I also want to do more compositing and stuff like that. I have a shoot in a few weeks plan that I'm doing. Cool. You know, some special effects compositing that will be hopefully very interesting. But uh, it'll uh, push uh, my my boundaries a little bit more from you know doing a bunch of photos in a set uh, and focusing on doing uh, one really really good photo from a, from a photo session. And that should, you know, that's something that I did in 2011. I think that's something that I am aiming to get back into doing now. Nice. Really nice. cool. Nice. And that photo book, that's available online? It isn't. Uh, it's just the first printing, so I just want to see how it is. Um, I think that of all the copies that I'm printing, I'll have maybe about 10 or so available. Uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to put it on sale yet or if i could put it on sale but um if i do you guys would be the first to know <laughs> yeah we'll definitely uh we'll definitely shout it out on the podcast uh if it mm -hmm. drops for wider distribution uh in the meantime if people want to check out some of your work they can find you over on instagram right instagram and my website uh so i'm on altovenue.com you can find me on the on my instagram um i'm not posting a lot because of obviously pandemic but uh, you'll see uh, there, I have pretty much my entire backlog from several years there. And you'll see uh, uh, several years of my photos also on my website, um, kind of organized into books and stuff like that. Sweet, sweet. We're going to throw uh, a link to all that stuff down in the description. And uh, you guys can go and check that out. Uh, Chris does have a Patreon as well. If you want to throw him a couple of bucks, he says he doesn't use it much, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll appreciate <laughs> it. And I'll, and I'll acknowledge that you're there and I'll throw up a the, set here and there, but I don't use it all that often. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But we're excited to see uh, excited to see how your work progresses. And I, and I loved what you were saying about uh, getting out onto some film sets and stuff like that. I can, I can really see uh, your skill set being applied well there, so... Oh, that's super fun. Thanks. And uh, yeah, thank you uh, to all of our listeners for listening. Michael, it's cool if I wrap up the podcast, right? 100%. You got this. Keep <laughs> Just going to go for Keep it. It, it, felt, it felt right. It felt right. Um, <laughs> who else do we have to thank, Michael? Uh, Megan. Thank Megan thank for Megan. editing the podcast. Yeah. Uh, thank we got thanks for being on. Of course, we have to thank Chris Chan for being here. Uh, thank you, for, guys. Yeah, for bringing his insights. Uh, Chris Chan, obviously, he's a big uh, Photography Brothers fan because he knew to thank us, which is very important. You obviously want to thank, <laughs> you're going to want to thank Michael. You're going to want to thank me. 
And uh, you know who else? Who else we gotta thank, guys? We gotta thank moms today. Oh, we gotta thank moms today. I mean, we're shooting it. Are you are you putting it out today? What do you think I am, dog? (laughs) I told you my plans. I got big donut plans. I can't sit here. I got donut plans. All right, all right. Does Megan have have donut plans, though? Megan probably doesn't want to work on Sunday. So, anyways, you guys are going to have to wait a little (laughs) while to listen to this podcast. Um, But when that does come out, probably moms are still going to deserve thanks by then, I will say. Yeah, 100%. All year. Uh, 50-50, All right, yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, Chris Chan, big, big mom proponent here on the podcast. So, uh, so I think we'll give we'll give the last uh, word to Chris. What do you want? What do you want the people to hear before we get out of here, buddy? Uh, keep on sub- uh, liking and subscribing to these guys. And I was, I was, I've been very fortunate to uh, have uh, Jared and his fiance. Um, yep be my neighbors for a while and she was my yoga teacher so i was very fortunate to kind of meet you guys and glad you guys are still in the neighborhood so uh once this is all over we can do this beer and donuts thing and get sick together (laughs) (laughs) but in a good way but in a good way is it i don't know Anyways, um, uh, I got I got I got the rest of this to play us out. Okay. Okay. Na 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 photo bros. Super laggy through Zoom. It's not gonna line up at all. Photo. Alright, thanks guys. That was good.